1: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: The Women's Soccer Review Podcast with Dwayne Rollins and Jonathan Tannenwald on the Sports Podcasting Network. Welcome to the latest episode of the Sports Podcasting Network's Women's Soccer Review Show. I'm Jonathan Tannenwald of the Philadelphia Inquirer. And as you can probably tell, I have a cold. Unfortunately, that's one of a few technical difficulties we've had here at the show lately, both on and off the field, as it were. I spent last week at the NWSL Draft and the United Soccer Coaches Convention. And as those of you who follow me on Twitter know, during the convention, I always run around like a headless chicken. So, of course, at the end of the week, I got sick. A few days before that, my laptop screen stopped working, so I had to go back to Philadelphia and get a backup machine, then return to Baltimore. At least I didn't have to travel too far. Meanwhile, our producer, Kevin Laramie, has been laid up after having some wisdom teeth removed, which puts my just having a cold in perspective, to be sure. Fortunately, he's now back at it, so we're able to get the show out to you. This episode is the first of two we're doing to preview CONCACAF's Women's Olympic Qualifying Tournament, which starts January 28th in Houston. I interviewed my longtime friend and colleague, Jen Cooper, Who's based in Houston. She hosts the Keeper Notes podcast and works on the production teams for NWSL games and Fox's U.S. Women's National Team and World Cup broadcasts. We discussed the United States, which will lead the group in Houston, and some of the top storylines to follow from all of the other countries except Canada. We'll have a separate show previewing them coming up. We did talk quite a bit about Jamaica, Mexico, and Costa Rica. Jamaica and Mexico are in Canada's group, which will be based in Edinburgh, Texas. Uh, A few hours away, more than a few hours away, in fact, from Houston, as Jen and I will discuss. Uh, Then the semifinals and the final are in Carson, California, outside Los Angeles. Uh, Jen and I taped the show the day before the NWSL draft, which obviously at this point is a while ago. So some of our references will be a little out of date. Uh, We knew that might happen at the time, so we tried our best to be in good spirits about it. Thanks for bearing with us. And as always, thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you hear, you can support our work through the Sports Podcasting Network's Patreon site, patreon.com slash sportspodcasting network, all one word. Now, on with the show. Welcome to the latest episode of Sports Podcasting Network's Women's Soccer Review. I'm Jonathan Tannenwald from the Philadelphia Inquirer in Baltimore, Maryland, site of this year's United Soccer Coaches Convention largest annual gathering of soccer people of lots of different stripes across the United States, as we mentioned uh, in our NWSL Draft Preview Show. The draft is here uh, this week. We're recording this show on Wednesday. The draft is Thursday. You might hear it after the draft. Uh, You might hear it before. Who knows? Uh, That will be up to our producer, Kevin Laramie, uh, and my colleague Dwayne Rollins, uh, who's up in Toronto. Uh, This show is the first of two shows we're doing previewing the CONCACAF uh, Women's Olympic qualifying tournament uh, which takes place at, starting at the end of January uh, across three venues. Uh, Houston, Texas where the United States will head the group. Edinburgh, Texas uh, a couple hours away where Canada will head the group. And then the semifinal and final rounds uh, in Carson, California just outside Los Angeles. And my guest to review this thing is one of the great sages of women's soccer. Jen Cooper, uh, host of the Mix Zone podcast. You can find her on Twitter at keepernotes. Uh, she knows more about women's soccer than a lot of us in the soccer media combined, certainly including myself. And in addition to having her own show, which I've been on a number of times, she works behind the scenes on a lot of soccer television broadcasts in the United States, including The NWSL, both their online streaming and their TV broadcasts on Lifetime and ESPN. Uh, She's worked for Fox on their World Cup coverage, men's and women's. And she is sitting across from me uh, at the moment. So, Jen, I am delighted to finally turn the tables on you.
1: (laughs) You're going to enjoy this. Uh, But first, first I get to um, burst your bubble about Edinburgh, Texas being a couple hours away from Houston. By plane, maybe. By plane, yeah. Let's put it that way. It's about a seven-hour drive, um, and I know people are like, "Where is Edinburgh, Texas?" It's just basically the border between uh, Texas and Mexico. So, perfect location for Mexico to have their qualifying games. Yeah. Not so much for Canada. No, that's right. But and, lovely little stadium.
0: And Concacaf's gone there before.
1: Yeah, they used it last October. Not all that many people showed up. But, but it's a very small stadium to yeah. begin with, right? So. Right. Um,
0: the sec- I mentioned that our preview is going to be divided over two parts the second part will focus a lot on Canada Dwayne will have Claire Rustad on we will touch on Canada here but we're obviously going to talk about the United States first and foremost and then some of the other teams in the field and players to know about so I have here and the sound effect rustling papers <laughs> uh, the provisional roster lists that were submitted to CONCACAF by the eight uh, participating teams. In Group A, you have the United States, Costa Rica, Panama, and Haiti. In Group B, you have Canada, Mexico, Jamaica, and St. Kitts, and Nevis. The United States sent in a list of 39 names, from which they must pick 20 uh, for a qualifying tournament. Uh, 28 of them are at a training camp down in Tampa, Florida right now, and the U.S. will pick uh, 20 of them to go to the qualifying tournament, and then ultimately the Olympic rosters are 18. So the, the the story here is that 22 of the 23 World Cup players are A, in the 28, B, in the provisional list. The one missing, obviously, is Alex Morgan, who is uh, pregnant and en route to having her first child, and we all wish her the best and a speedy recovery, and quite a few people even wish that she's back in time for the Olympics, including herself and her, uh, her husband, Servando Carrasco, who's also a professional soccer player. So the, the big question is, of the 17 people on this provisional list who were not on the World Cup team, which of them stands the best chance of going to Tokyo? And I'll read the names here. The goalkeepers are Aubrey Bledsoe of the Washington Spirit, Jane Campbell of the Houston Dash, and Casey Murphy of Rain FC. The defenders are Alana Cook of Paris Saint-Germain, Amani Dorsey of Sky Blue, Margaret Purse also of Sky Blue, just got traded there from the Portland Thorns, Casey Short of the Chicago Red Stars, Jordan DiBiase of the Washington Spirit, the midfielders, sorry. Midfielders are Jordan DiBiase of the Washington Spirit, Vanessa DiBernardo of the Chicago Red Stars, Jalen Howell, who was a collegiate at Florida State. Christy Mewis of the Houston Dash, sister of Sam Mewis on the World Cup team. And you know Christy very well because, Jen, you're based in Houston. Right. Andy Sullivan of the Washington Spirit, who I don't think it spoils too much to say is the name that everybody's watching. Uh, And then the forwards, Kristen Hamilton of the North Carolina Courage, who had a terrific 2019 season. Ashley Hatch of the Washington Spirit. Brianna Pinto, who was at the University of North Carolina, and you heard that she was one of the names we mentioned on our NWSL draft show as an underclass person who we wish would be able to turn pro. (laughs) Uh, Sophia Smith of Stanford, who, as we record this, has not declared for the draft yet, but by the time you hear this show, may have and may, in fact, already be the number one pick by the time you hear this show if the reports are to be believed. And Lynn Williams... uh, veteran forward, and perennial scorer for the North Carolina Courage. I tease that Sullivan is the name that a lot of people are watching. Um, she's got enormous potential and a lot of versatility. And, uh, Jan, if you were going to pick a name off of this bunch, who do you think it would be?
1: Well, my first pick would have to be Casey Short. Um, you know, I, I would say she's arguably the player uh, among all others who should have been in France. Um, had an excellent 2019 end-of-yourself season, Um, you know, got called back in in the fall. Um, You know, I I think she's just back right in it. Um, Sullivan, I think, is definitely a big piece for the future, but I don't know how many adjustments Vlatko is gonna feel comfortable making when you really have a pretty short run-up, right? Um, Unlike uh, the only other time that we've had a coaching change um well two other times coaching change between olympics world cup and an olympics so let's just talk about the most recent one was 2007 to 2008 pia sundaga coming in for greg ryan there were a lot of pieces that were no longer available either pregnancy injury whatever here blanco has such an interesting situation where other than alex morgan out on maternity leave Everyone's still in it, right? We can even think back to four years ago, um, following 2015. A couple of pregnancies, several retirements, so there was space for Jill to make some changes without really stepping on any toes. Now, obviously, two of your 22 are not gonna, you know, make it for the the preliminary roster, and four of those 22, possibly five, depending on on Alex, aren't gonna aren't gonna make it. So. And that's just assuming it was the exact same people, right? I, I do think we're going to see maybe two people who weren't part of France 2019 go to Tokyo, and and my bet would be Casey Short and one of the backup keepers. Mm. I do not see, and I, I do not see um, anyone in seating the listener. I don't see the number two keeper being a newbie, but I definitely see one of the alternates. Uh, being there just for that's that's a way to kind of lead in a new player, get her exposure to a big tournament um, without really taking any risk, right? Like like at a certain point, how much do you keep developing? Um, you know, Ashlyn Harris. Where okay, you're 34. You know, you haven't been a starter, and you know I don't I don't want to upset any any stands. Yeah, yeah, but that's yeah, that's yeah. Um... That's, yeah it's, it's like but you have to be looking not just short-term, but also long-term. Now, of course, none of us are in camp, we're not seeing of, of the, the keepers who's having the best time, but you know, all things being equal, whichever keeper from the World Cup doesn't make the number two spot, I could see your third keeper being Bledsoe Campbell or, or Murphy. Now,
0: Ananofsky, when he was hired, was given a fairly strong mandate to blow the thing up. And he acknowledged that there's not much use in blowing the thing up before the Olympics. Right. Because they want to go win the thing. But right. if they do that, um, if they do that, and they become the first World Cup champion to win Olympic gold, he's really got full reign to blow the thing up
1: then yeah then he and,
0: can really blow and the thing and <laughs> i have said to a lot of people i think that they have bought themselves 2023 if they win next year and especially if that thing's going to be in asia at two in the morning when not a lot of people are watching and not a lot of people are going for the first time in close to 30 years there's not going to be pressure on this program to win a medal or at least not as much as there has been Now, then it comes back in 24 in Paris, and then certainly one presumes in 27, which all of us are waiting for uh, the U.S. to launch its bid, and if anybody at U.S. Soccer is listening to this, the day after the 23 host is announced... I'm calling you and asking when your 27 bid is going to get launched.
1: Didn't Carlos Codero mention a few years back?
0: It, it, he ran on it. He yeah. ran for the presidency on yeah. wanting to bid for 27. Australia started bidding for 23
1: a sort of unofficially ago. a
0: long time ago. So U.S. Soccer, if you're listening, um, you can announce your bid whenever you like because we're all waiting for it. <laughs> and,
1: and and they're Just don't do it to overshadow like the NWSL schedule release
0: or something no, like that. No, but if you want to... <laughs> I was going to say if you want to overshadow a promotion on the men's side, that would be um, a returning the favor for some previous things. But I shouldn't go there because I do cover the men's side too. And I actually think that a hire that they just made, the new men's GM, Brian McBride, is a very good one. But that's for a Soccer Today, not for this show.
1: We'll see who's good, if he's good enough as Kate.
0: I know, I know him. I think you probably do too. You've probably met him a few times over the years. Um, tell us, I, I meant to ask this a moment ago. For the folks who don't know about the alternate system at the Olympics, explain how that works.
1: So, for the Olympics, it, one, it's a smaller roster. It's only 18 players. Part of that is because it's a shorter tournament. There's, you know, you don't have a round of 16. But more importantly, it's since it's part of the Olympics, which is a much larger event, people-wise, event-wise, not in TV viewing and stuff, but much larger in how many people are there, and obviously it's, for the most part, limited to one city, not one country. The IOC, the International Olympic Committee, really controls, tries to control and restrict the number of athletes uh, that, that attend. So that's why it's, it's very restrictive. Um, and that's what makes it a very different tournament. So only 18 players are named to the roster. You are allowed to name up to four alternates. Um, they can travel with you or not. Um, last time the al- alternates traveled, sometimes in the past, they only traveled the the backup goalkeeper, um, and the alternates don't get medals, and you know only come on if you know or only moved up to the roster if, if somebody gets hurt. Uh, but what you have to think about when we're talking about who's going to make this 18 is not only is it. You know, that, that, that means everybody's gonna have to do a little bit more work. But when you look at the schedule of this tournament, the Olympics is only three weeks long. Soccer already starts the day before the opening ceremonies. So you are basically playing a game every three days with a travel day in between. This is very different from the World Cup, which is about a month long, so you get three to four to five days between between games. All right. So I'm biting
0: you- my tongue for I yeah. was going to make a joke about places where i've spent a week yeah. during world cups but i'm not yeah. going to do it
1: so you you do have to think about right like the fitness of the team um the health of the team and, and this goes back to 2016 the the uh, you know the biggest risk that jalella took was saving a space for megan Rapino. and we all know why she took that risk right we, we've seen it i was it, for it we, we've seen it when pino's been healthy but it didn't work when you had to go into a game that went into extra time and you had to sub a sub, right that
0: she was i will say they were about six inches one side of a post from that gamble paying off
1: yeah yeah i mean it's, and it would have
0: changed the conversation completely it's
1: it's it's the narrowest of margins and and i don't mean to to explain this as it, it was only A a rapino issue. I I mean to say looking ahead that when Vlaco has to decide who doesn't go, all of that has to come into play because when we look back at last summer's Women's World Cup, one advantage that Jill had that I would say not many national teams did, our roster was so deep that she could rest players and rotate players. Almost no one played every game. Most players played six out of seven. But every
0: player got on, every absolute player got. On. No, no,
1: but no, but no, but what I'm, my my point is, is everybody got a rest at some point. Yes. You're not going to be able to Correct. do that. Um, and even if you if if she does do some or sorry if Flacco does do some rotation in the summer, it's like there's still fewer rest days between between games. Right. Um. um so it yeah with with. Yeah. The, the alternates don't affect it as much though that does we have to remember that does pull four additional players away from NWSL that even if they're just an alternate they are gone and that if whole they time.
0: go and there's an injury during the tournament they can come in
1: I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I remember looking at this four years ago and noticing that it was different from World Cup where World Cup once the tournament starts you can't, you you can't, can't fly anybody over here um, Olympics is slightly different, but frankly, I haven't looked at it recently.
0: Um, At the end of the World Cup, I thought I knew of five names that you could get from 23 to 18. And there's a little more, if, if Alex Morgan comes back, same situation. If she can't make it back in time, you get a little more flexibility, but if anybody can, it's probably her. Um,
1: though, though I would factor in. Okay, say say she gives birth April first, right. the earliest possible thing. Um, still, rosters are due mid June. Right. I, I won't bet against her. Yeah.
0: Just because I won't bet against her. But, right. You know. Right. It,
1: it's. I'm, I'm just saying that's a that's a tight window. Yeah. And we're the deepest roster in the world. Right. But so what's great is that she will have an opportunity to try.
0: You think there's going to be two out of the 22, whether or not there's two out of the 18, who did not go to the World Cup. And I can certainly see Short being one of them because he need a left back. And if, God forbid, Blackout doesn't want to play Crystal Dunn at left back, um, <laughs> he needs another left back. So this is the fun part. This is where you and I get calls from agents and trainers and players who blacklisted me for a couple oh, of months good. at I'm, a time yeah, i'm glad
1: they don't know my number they can all call you uh who are the odd players out well this when when i pose these questions myself i usually go in in roster order so that i don't forget anybody so so let's go in world cup roster order so we've got listener number one yeah she's in mallory pew number two i'd say she's borderline. Mewis, Number three, in. Brown. four, in. Kelly O'Hara, I think it's going to depend on, you know, fitness, injury. I, like, we haven't heard anything. I mean, she's back right. in camp, obviously. But uh, so so to me, that's she's a big question mark. Morgan Bryan, I think, is in. Number six.
0: Really? Yeah. I don't think that's. Um, just because I think they have enough other, they have a lot of other central midfielders.
1: True. Um, depends. Yeah, I, I, I guess her experiment defense. Yeah, I guess her exper her, the experiment of having her defense. Yeah, that's why I like to do it through the numbers and yeah. go, go Oh yeah. wait, yeah. Okay, so seven, doll Kemper. Yeah, you're taking doll Kemper. Eight, you're taking Ertz. Nine, you're taking Haran. Ten, you're taking Lloyd. Eleven, See, Krieger. That's where it's like I I don't see la doing what Jill did and going oh oh I, I'm worried I'm gonna take someone who's already been to a tournament I don't I don't see that um, unless she has such a stellar performance in camp in this spring that and I would
0: I given Vlaco's reputation for transparency I've got to think she's gonna know
1: yeah yeah I yeah whoever doesn't go, is going to be treated a lot differently right. than, than what we've seen in the past. Uh, Creegers, 12, Creegers Davi- Davidson. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And
0: for a long time to come.
1: Yeah. 13, Morgan, obviously, TBA. Right. 14, Sonnet. Don't think so. 15, Rapino, Yes. 16, Lavelle. Yes. 17, Tobin. Yes. Harris and Franch, let's just put those together. One, one of those of two. two yes. One of the two. Um, 19 done, yes. 20 long, don't think so. I don't think so either. Uh, 22, who's 22? J-Mac, don't think so. I don't so. think so, and she probably knows. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's she's got,
0: and for the listeners who don't know, one of the great stories yeah. of any U.S. player who's ever played at a World Cup. Yes. Um,
1: and I love that she got to play at the World yes. Cup. Yes. Where it's basically, you know, she was the last forward of a group of amazing and, forwards. And, she right. still got to get on the field.
0: I was at the U.S. Chile game in Paris, and she took a shot that went just wide in the second half, and it would have brought the house down. Oh, yeah. Everybody really wanted her to score.
1: Yeah. And last one on the list, 23, Kirsten Press. Yeah. Yes. I think I, uh, that might be 18 or 19. Um. But I think we're mostly on the same page of, of, of who's on the, the we'll see list right. and, and who's on the should-be-in, should like, Flynn. Yeah, you know? and, right. And, and
0: this was where...
1: So maybe maybe you're right, maybe Brian's out just because of depth in midfield.
0: When, when I made my initial cut from 23 to 18, when I got home from France... <laughs> it was Brian, French, Krieger, Long, and McDonald. Now, Vlaco getting the job changes the Long calculus because he knows it really well. Right. And you mentioned Sonnet, who I think comes into the frame on that, but she's also the backup right back. Um, right. Up to a point.
1: Past and that. She, and she, and right, yeah, more naturally, right. she should be a center back, right? right? We're so deep there. Past
0: that. If I wanted to get Andy Sullivan or Casey Short onto this team, I was looking at one name who you know well because she used to play in Houston. And I know well because she grew up just over the Delaware River from where <laughs> I live. In the last few months, Carly Lloyd has probably shut us all up again. But at a certain point, and she has hinted that it's going to be after Tokyo. But at a certain point, I think even she knows she's gonna have to make room eventually. And I've said this to a few people, I'll say it here and I'll get in an enormous amount of trouble, but I've said it enough to people. If she had decided that the U.S.-Portugal game in Philadelphia last August was going to be her last national team appearance in Philadelphia, and stood up and said so, they would have sold out the... They, they put 50,000 people in the building, and they would have sold the rest of it out.
1: Yeah.
0: It is her right to not. Right. It is her right to keep playing for as long as she wants to, and, and to try and to keep she, doing so as yeah, long as she she's, wants to. And she's, she's, she's so driven. It's her right. Yeah. But, at a certain point, and this is why, I mean...
1: Well, let me put this Blacko's up. Blacko's got to have a lot of con- long conversations with her, but... That's what I want to come back to... You have to look at the schedule for the Olympics relative to the schedule of the World Cup. There is a game every three days with usually a travel day in between in, in that in that gap. Um, so no player has as much time to rest as they did in France. Uh, I feel that Carly had such an amazing 2019 partially because... The burden wasn't completely on her, and she was allowed to rest, right? And she
0: wanted to prove a couple people wrong, right. including me. She signaled right. fairly
1: bluntly. Right. But I also add to that, if you look at pictures of Carly now, and you look at pictures of Carly from, say, 2008, the first you know, Olympic final, where she scored the game-winning goal, she is fitter oh, yeah. now. Yes, right? yes. So, so this has nothing to do with an age Right. Or pure fitness thing, but some of Vlaka's decisions are going to come down to who will have you know right. h- how what, what 18 do we have that can rotate through such a tough right. tournament.
0: And a little ambient noise because we're recording in the hotel where Jen yeah. is staying here in Baltimore but natural sound, you know this is live radio that's <laughs> the way we do things. Um, Alex Morgan's pregnancy certainly changes the calculus a little bit and Obviously, gives Lloyd a much more solid footing, as it were, to to be able to try to make it. But the other player who a lot of people are looking to, saying it's showtime, is Kristen Press. And it had better be, I think, if they want to win. You talk about the rotation of players, it had better be if they want to win the Golden Sun.
1: She had, I would say, the best post-World Cup season, post-World Cup NWSL season than anybody else on the U.S.
0: Which, team. unfortunately, was not—she did objectively, but it was not a high bar to clear, unfortunately. But she did have a very good right. post-World Cup. Right,
1: right. But, but, but she, kept, she kept going. It's very similar to Carly in 2015, where that momentum coming off of the World Cup just, you know, boosted her confidence. She kept going, like—I think Carly scored, in like, six straight games coming back from— from twenty fifteen, yeah, Christian Christian looked great. Uh, so, yeah, it could it could be her tournament.
0: We've we've gone on about the United States for a good long time now, and uh, our Canadian listeners are probably fed up with that. So let's talk about some of the other teams in the field, and let's take a quick look through uh, the rest of the teams in the United States group: Costa Rica, Panama, and Haiti. I would think the odds are of Costa Rica finishing second yes um, let's talk about a couple of players to watch um dinia diaz was one of the veterans raquel rodriguez the Port- just traded to the portland thorns right in the midge purse deal uh gloriana villalobos and the big star shirley cruz of paris Saint-Germain.
1: now i, l- I always like to give a shout out to dinia diaz because she is the player who should have been goalkeeper of the tournament for 2014 world cup qualifying Three consecutive penalty kick saves to put her country in the World Cup for the first time ever. So, shout out to you, Diaz. Um They, I think they have every chance, you know, to, to finish second in that group ahead of Panama. Unlike what we saw in the 2018 qualifying tournament, where they just they weren't themselves, right? Like, and it really came down to that one game against Jamaica. Uh, you know, so so close. Um, Panama, I, I don't. I don't think we're gonna see see what we saw last year World Cup qualifying. I really feel that um, these smaller teams, and I don't mean I don't mean that in a in a patronizing way, but the, these teams that put less resources into their women's teams. These countries put less resources. Um, They'll do more of a run-up to the World Cup than they will to the Olympics. You know, uh, it's kind of depressing to see on the Central American qualifying for this final tournament the number of teams that dropped out. Same mm-hmm. for same for Caribbean. Yeah. Um, limited resources, so they put most of them behind the World Cup. So I don't see as strong of a, a Panama, but I easily see, I, easily, yeah, I easily see Costa Rica um, coming out of that group.
0: So, there's one one name that, that everybody will be watching with Panama. as their young goalkeeper, Yeneth Bailey, who was she one got of the stars. The tournament in 2018. Stars yeah. of last year, of the 18 World Cup qualifying tournament for 19. I believe she got a professional contract. In, she's in Spain now, so she's playing over in Spain. I'm reading this right. No, I'm not. Um, where does it say? Oh, I missed it by the way. <laughs> um, we'll take that over. Um, so she's playing Kevin,
1: outside of Panama.
0: Right. Kevin, we'll, we'll start this. Um, I'm going to start cold on Panama. Yeah. Um, with Panama, there's one name to watch uh, that everybody came to know during the World Cup Qualifying Tournament for 2019. Which was Yenneth Bailey, their goalkeeper, who a lot of people, I think, would like to see in the NWSL someday to further her development. That she showed if she could get a shot at something like that. Right. Right. Who knows with with a good coach in a professional environment um, how much better she could get? And we can only there's 50 players on Panama's provisional list, which more power to them. But I don't
1: even know why you're allowed to name up to I, fifty, but it is up know. to fifty. Oh, and that reminds me, yeah. just to jump back to the U.S. really quick. If you look at the list, it's alphabetized until like the last line, right. until the bottom, where it's like they're like, oh, we can put more. Here's yes, some more. Here's some more. Right. <laughs> um, I, I.
0: We can all only wonder, first of all, whether Bailey's going to be a star again, and second of all, how many other potential similar stories there are. In Panama, in Haiti.
1: I was researching so, uh, before World Cup qualifying for CONCACAF in fall 2018, trying to find information on Panama's players. And they had just launched um, a women's soccer league like the year before. And the first year they had teams folding left and right. They were making clubs play at 10 a.m. in the heat. And, you know, it was like a three hour bus ride each ride to. Uh, each way to to games. They made a lot of improvements the second year moving to night games. They didn't have any clubs fold. I haven't looked into it since then, but it, it seems like, okay, at least they're on the path of getting these players regular games, right? Right. But I don't know how often they're coming together as a national team and playing outside of CONCACAF qualifiers. Um.
0: Jen is the master of obtuse women's soccer trivia, especially numerical statistical trivia. So stay obtuse. tuned for stay tuned for something on that. Uh, anything to know
1: about Haiti? In your opinion? Haven't don't have don't have any intel on 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 Haiti. But let's let's just say it's interesting that they qualified and not Trinidad and Tobago yes. out of the Caribbean.
0: Yes, that's, that's for sure. Huge. And a, and a further damning indictment of the Trinidad Federation, which has a long list of them over the last 20 to 30 years. We know there's talent there. Right. Let's talk about um, the other group, Group B, Canada, Mexico, Jamaica, and and St. Kitts and Nevis. We have, I think, look, we could start with Mexico, and I guess we'll start with Mexico because in theory they should finish second in the group. In practice, it hasn't always happened that way. The Mexican Federation has started paying attention in the last couple of years. There are some, some veteran players on this Mexican roster who people who follow women's soccer will have heard of. Renee Cuellar, Janelle Faria, Stephanie Mayor, Cecilia Santiago, Charlene Corral, Bianca Henninger, who you know well because she's based in Houston. Is, is Renee
1: Cuellar the, the obtuse soccer stat?
0: No, oh, even okay. better than that. Um... <laughs> Look, Mexico f- should finish second. Am I dead certain that the FMF is f- that the FMF is going to see to it? No, I'm not.
1: Well, okay. One, I've got two complaints to lodge before we talk about the Mexico roster. You may fire death. when ready. But one, generally, I don't like a, a draw to be rigged. <laughs> but, but I would have would have liked the draw for this Concacaf tournament to be rigged enough that. Uh, Mexico was guaranteed to play in Edinburgh. They are, but that happened by chance. Imagine it, if Mexico had been USA's group playing in Houston, whereas there you are right at the border, but the Mexico team isn't in it. Just kind of like right. like last time around, where you had Mexico, North Carolina, and poor right. Canada, um, in Edinburgh. I think that's weird. Um, I also got really frustrated during the coverage of... Um, the World Cup qualifying when Mexico wasn't doing well in fall 2018. People going, oh, I guess the league in Mexico isn't working. And it's like, no one on this roster has been playing in that league, right? Like, that league was started as a U23 league to really focus on 2023 and beyond. Almost the entire Mexico roster for the previous round of qualifying was coming from Cell in Europe. Now, this roster, does have some players that are now playing in that league, but I don't think, I still don't think we're in a position to judge X Feminil for another cycle. So those are my two complaints.
0: So let's talk about Jamaica, a, a team that stole everybody's hearts last year, I think. That was I, wonderful. I had the privilege of being at the Jamaica Australia game in Grenoble when, uh, Jamaica scored its first ever Women's World Cup goal and blew the roof off the place. Even the some of the Australian fans there were a lot of Jamaican fans of that game, by the way. Um, even the Australian fans thought it was cool but only for a moment because Australia was actually in big trouble that night <laughs> for a few minutes They're until like, that's Sam Kerr nice, That's
1: nice for you but we need to win this game.
0: Right. And we need to win it 4-1 <laughs> so that we don't finish third which yeah. is what they did. Um, and yet within just a couple of weeks of getting back from France the Jamaican players were again correctly, protesting against the Jamaican Federation not fulfilling promises, not setting out an actual training schedule there was a threat of a boycott of Olympic qualifying Um, it got resolved thankfully Um, as with the Trinidad Federation uh, the Jamaican Federation has not allowed any excuses for how they have treated this team, especially since they got to the World Cup and everybody saw the talent that is there, the potential that is there. And a player like Bunny Shaw, who delivered, everybody was paying me. look. You say delivered. No, she didn't score a ton of goals at the World Cup. But, but everybody saw the talent that, that yeah. she has, and she signed with Bordeaux right before The tournament started which was a smart piece of business by Bordeaux because it would have cost them a lot more a month later. (laughs) Um, Can Jamaica finish in the top two in this group?
1: Well one I want to separate Jamaica from Trinidad and at least Jamaica doesn't have a history of a federation president scamming millions upon millions upon millions of dollars from Cocky
0: cat. No, but they they
1: <laughs> they have a
0: history of problems. Yeah, they've got Not, to, not to the scale of Jack Warner. Yeah, not, but
1: they've got their share. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and similar to what I was saying before about the the smaller countries with fewer resources, I think you're going to put more behind the World Cup. um I was stunned the number of friendlies that that Jamaica scheduled before. Uh, the World Cup and the jersey sales and festivals that they were doing um, which makes the post World Cup news even more disappointing right Um, I feel like there's a lot of potential here and I think they're gonna push Mexico to play their very best game I just I think after the disappointment last time for Mexico you know not qualifying but not even getting out of getting out of the group I think that might push them over the edge but for, it's, it's for, going to yeah. be ridiculously close and I do want to say there's two Jamaicans who are declared for the NWSL draft Kanye Plummer and Chantel Swaby.
0: if uh, if the show gets out before the draft I don't know whether it will but um Jen is on the draft broadcast yep um, with a bunch of other friends of mine um, Marissa Pill and Jordan Angelique Lori and Lindsay and Lori Lindsay so that's Half the shows from Philadelphia, which I know, I enjoy. <laughs> um, even though I'm not, I'm not from there. I just live there. Um, I I will admit, I know nothing about the Saint, Saint Kitts and Nevis roster. Well, um, I, I can tell you this: yeah.
1: uh, their coach um, is from Texas. Uh, she, I, I interviewed her for the podcast, Jenna McCloskey. Uh, long time Texan, long time soccer coach. She works mostly in soccer education for South Texas youth soccer. Um, and this is a project uh, that, that they asked her to come in and, and help with, right? So I know it's incredibly exciting um, for her. Uh, I don't, Alex, I, I can't really tell you about any of the, the, the players individually, but I think the indication of a tiny, tiny nation like Saint Kitts and Nevis being able to qualify over someone like Trinidad and Tobago—that's—that uh, tells you how much talent is lurking on all the islands of Hongkong. It's—it just—it yeah. just needs to be organized. Yeah,
0: and somebody needs to write a couple of really big checks and. Oh, I thought ideally... you were going to say
1: somebody needs to write a couple of really big articles. Well, right? that like, too. That's but... you.
0: A couple of really big checks, and not just Sadea Marley, who
1: who yeah. is yeah, the not financial not backer of the, yeah. of the
0: Jamaican women's team. Not
1: everybody has Bob Marley's daughter to, no. to fund your national team, which I think makes the Jamaican Federation look even worse. Yes, correct. Where you haven't paid for much of anything.
0: So I said earlier that, that Jen is the queen of obtuse numerical women's soccer Do you stats. mean
1: obtuse or obscure? Um, either, either but you open, you
0: open your show with one every time that i could have never thought of so um (laughs) the number is 311
1: oh that's an easy one
0: how many people combined are on all the provisional rosters
1: oh Oh, i thought i thought i thought you were gonna say christy rampone's cap total because that's christy rampone's cap total Sorry, christy pierce christy pierce uh, rampone pierce
0: one of the two (laughs) and it has varied from time to time but one of the two yes um, awesome. Well, uh, I was
1: I was looking last night because I recorded my podcast last night. So after tomorrow's draft, there will be 296 players who have been drafted in NWSL over and, eight drafts,
0: and a uh, few of them even from my neck of the woods, which is kind of cool. Jen, thank you so much. Uh, well, this and thank you,
1: fun. JT. Always, always a pleasure.
0: We will throw things back to the studio, or maybe we will just say it's the end of the show. And thanks for listening to the Women's Soccer Review here on the Sports Podcasting Network.
1: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com.
0: It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs>